Welcome to KFN Wild Fan Line. I'm Kevin Falmus, and on the eve of Hockey Day Minnesota, our good friend Pat Micheletti leaves the state. Patrick, where in the wide, wide world of sports are you on this uh, Thursday evening? Well, I'm just as excited uh, about tomorrow and Saturday as you are about Hockey Day Minnesota. I get to help open the new Midco Arena in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, uh, a sold-out game tomorrow night uh, with our good friend Garrett Raboyne behind the bench for Augustana. And so uh, it's going to be uh, an exciting weekend here in Sioux Falls. Yeah, we'll give you a pass. I've seen some uh, video tours of that new yeah. Midco Arena, and it looks spectacular. And knowing that it's their home opener or that they're popping the cork on that thing, uh, you guys are going to have a blast, no doubt about it. And I know you're very much looking forward to that. So we'll give you a pass for skipping the state here on Hockey Day Minnesota. Thank you. You're welcome. Uh, meanwhile, unfortunately, the Wild are going to go into Hockey Day Minnesota on a bit of a sour note. Feeling so good about themselves. Head one three in a row. Four of their last five soaring sky high. And then tonight they uh, run into the Nashville Predators, the third period in particular. What was your takeaway from the uh, 3-2 loss from the Preds? I, I was trying to think of some positivity I could throw to this um, little show we have, and I can't seem to find any. Hmm. Um, I thought they laid an egg. I thought they came out flat. Um, I thought, you know, yeah, there was a spurt in the second period where they were okay. Um, never got any rhythm. Passing was terrible. Missed the net um, numerous, numerous times, which then don't lead to a rebound or anything. I, I just think um, they were they were out of uh, the, there. There was no rhythm to their game. Um, yeah, it was a three-two game, but you know uh, when when you're six points out, you can cut it to two. Um, well, now you're six points out. You were four going in. You can cut it to two and and be right in the in the belly of the beast for a uh, you know an opportunity to to make the playoffs. You know, you're at home. Um, where's the energy? Where's the focus? Uh, when you're missing passes, when you're you know chopping the puck up. Um, to me, that's. That's um, that, that's not a very good night. Yeah, that, that's a good way to start this off because those are the questions we were asking ourselves throughout the course of the broadcast, and I'm sure that's uh, it doesn't make any sense. What, knowing what no. was on the line and how well you had played, by the way, it's not like you yes. just happened upon these three wins or or you just happened upon you know those sterling victories. Uh, on the road, you were playing well, and then you come in here and you don't have the compete level that you would hope for. Uh, that's pretty hard to explain. Uh, Want to get right. you involved in the conversation out there all across the great state of hockey. How are you feeling about your Minnesota Wild team? How are you feeling about them four hours ago as opposed to now? All that on the table, 800-320-5326. You can also text us at 64686. Let's go to Lidstrom and start with Jack. Good evening, Jack. Hey, Kevin. Hey, Pat. Uh, obviously, you know, tough loss tonight. Uh, you know, with the Wild kind of on the outside looking into a playoff spot. Uh, at what point uh, do they kind of, you know, just write off this season uh, and I guess look forward to the future? Uh, I'm going to hang up and listen. Thank you, guys. Well, I, I think that's the million-dollar question because 
you don't know. They may go off and and uh, and and play like the, the, the this team this year has been uh, for multiple of reasons, right? Whether it be injury, firing the coach, uh, you know, all of that combined. Okay, and so it's been kind of a roller coaster type of a season. They've shown they can reel off nine of twelve. They've shown they can lose seven of eight. Um, so that that you know, and and yet they stay um, not too close, but close enough to maybe um, get to the playoffs. I don't know what Bill Guerin is thinking or what he's planning, or maybe he doesn't even know um, what direction that they're going to head because. They could come out on Saturday and blow a team out and play terrific. Um, and so to predict what this team is going to do or how they're going to play is is it's really um, it, it's really a crapshoot night in and night out. But, but what does that mean, Pat, to write off the season? How do you write off the season? I, I mean, first of all, you look at the standings, and I know this is a heartbreaking loss, no doubt about yeah. it, especially for the fans, when you had an opportunity to close within two, and now you're six-back of both the Kings and Predators for that eighth and final playoff spot in the West. But what does that mean? You, you say, okay, we're just going to put the brakes on, we're just going to stop competing. I, I, that doesn't seem like a realistic thing to to throw at their feet. That's not going to happen. No. No. I think what I think what it means I'm guessing, but I, I, I think what it means is okay, instead of buying at the deadline, we're um potentially moving some assets and, and getting something in return down the road, whether it be draft picks or what have you. Um yeah, that's how I would interpret that. Of course, they're going to try um, and, and 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 try to win as many games as they can. Um, you know, they're they're just at a point now where they really decide to make it really really hard on themselves. And I, you know, it just it it, it irritated me tonight because they smoked this team back in November, and that was November. That was November. They went into Nashville and crushed them, um, and so. They got to feel good about how they played against Nashville, right? They know where they are in the standings, right? And you would think that to a man, the focus, the intensity, and 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 you're not going to win in our ring tonight, type of of mentality was going to exist. But the opposite happened. Nashville came out, and I'm like, whoa, whoa, you know, we're lucky we're not down to nothing right away, and. Um, and so that's that's what disappointed me, and and I think you know and and John Hines I listened to him after the game and and you know he used terms like attention to detail and he used terms like gifting them a goal. In other words, he said, you know what, we didn't play a very good game tonight. You know, if if you read between the lines, that's what he's saying, and um, and that's unfortunate for this team tonight. That is disappointing. Uh, there was a move earlier today, and I don't think that by any means is meant to fill the void left by yeah. by Jared Spurgeon. But I know you, you watch the the college game on a very high level, yeah. and you know all about Will Butcher. That's the guy the Wild get in return from the Pittsburgh Penguins. Probably a depth move more than more than anything. But what does Will Will Butcher bring to the Wild organization? Well, he won the Hobie Baker Award uh, for the best college player. 
and he and he and he certainly was that year. But that's college. This is the the NHL. He's played 275 games in the National Hockey League, and and you know it's a, it's a different game than than the college game. And so um, you know he's fine. He's a depth guy. He'd be a five or six type of guy. Um, and, and, and you know if they need him, Iowa needs help right now. Um, and, and, and he's only I don't know if he was injured or what um, the situation was, was but um, he's only played 14 games this year. So, um, you know, as you uh, properly stated, uh, probably just a, a depth move. And I mean, look who they traded him for a guy who was in uh, the East Coast Hockey League who they acquired in the uh, Maroon deal uh, with Tampa. That is the voice of Pat Micheletti. I'm Kevin Falness. This is Wild Fanline. We'll continue to take your calls and text. You can call at 800-320-5326. Text us at 64686. Those are starting to roll in, so we'll get to those on the other side of break, along with your calls. And, of course, we'll hear from Denny in Prior Lake. That's next. You're listening to Wild Fanline on The Fan. This is... Wild lose 3-2 to the Nashville Predators tonight in front of 18,254. Welcome to Wild Fan Line here back uh, on a Thursday night all across the great state of hockey. Thanks for tuning in. Pat Micheletti joining us from Sioux Falls. He's getting ready to open up Midco Arena over the course of this weekend, and I'm sure we'll get a full preview of that today, and we'll talk about it on Beyond the Pond, 10 to noon on Saturday as well, as that show looks to be action-packed as well. But let's go back to the phone lines here, Patrick. And let's start with Lindy in St. Cloud. Good evening, Lindy. Hey, Pat. How you doing? I haven't talked to you in a while. Good, Lindy. How are you? Oh, my gosh. You're a breath of fresh air. Let me tell you, you didn't sugarcoat it tonight, and I appreciate that. I just got a quick comment, okay? I, can, I can't yep. say it any better than Lou Nanny. Lou Nanny, okay? He was on Dan Barrero on Tuesday, and it was his take on what the Wild should do trade deadline and whatever, right? And I think that they should just pull that up. Listen to that. You get a perspective from him, okay? He knows the game better than a lot of us, all right? He knows what's going on. He certainly does. Um, I'll tell you what. I just, I I don't know why, and I'm just going to end with this quote. Why Minnesota sports fans in general, Vikings, Twins, uh, I won't even mention the Timberwolves, but the Wild, uh, why they don't accept rebuilding. It's like it's a four-letter word, okay? you got to start sometime, you know? Uh, Thanks for the call, Lindy. That's a good question. Uh, you know, that, 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 that's, a, that's a question for the owners. That's a question for the general managers. Uh, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, uh, we have this um, competitiveness, I guess you want to call it, Kevin, that, that says, "Hey, let's let's win and win now, and or try to win." I I, I don't have the answer. But but my my question really would be, don't. Pat, how, how do you do that? If, if you say, "Okay, I want yeah. to rebuild and I want to start right now," or I want to start at the beginning of the season, and you don't sign these guys to the extensions, I get that. But what do you do with the team that's in place? How do you carry forward, uh, considering you want to rebuild? What does that mean? How do you go about it? Well, you, you, you obviously you, you have a you have a plan, right? Uh, you know what's in your pipeline. You know um, what you have to fill until uh, certain players get to that level of readiness. Um, and you you keep the you keep your core players that you think are going to be part of 
uh, a potential championship. Uh, that's that's the uh, that's the quick version of it. Um, you know, obviously, I'm no general manager, so um, you know, it's it's easier said than done. And there's a lot of factors that go in, and um, you know, it's 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 just the way it is. Um, right now. I just, I say, be careful what you wish for. I mean, yeah. it, it takes a long ways to get to where the Avalanche are now. It takes a long There's ways no to get to... any any time uh, anyway, right, no, Kevin? No, there isn't. You, you just don't know. You have to get lucky in the draft. You have to get lucky with free agents. You have to, you know, there. You know, I, I use that word luck a lot, but, but it, it really is um, to win championships, to to win playoff series, to you know anything? You you need luck, that's, and um, and that's and so you need luck, and you need a lot of losing. I, I mean, the Edmonton Oilers didn't get Connor McDavid and um, uh, Leon Draisaitl overnight. They went through uh, so much t- time and energy to build up these draft picks, and they well, swung and missed yeah, so many times. Think, think about it. Think about it this way, Kevin. They, I think they had three or four number one picks in a row. Yeah, uh, Yakupov. Paul and Everly, Nickel Yakupov, right? <laughs> yeah, uh, maybe four, and three of those guys are are no longer on the Edmonton Oilers, right? So, um, you know, if you don't draft right, if you, you know, it, it, it's really, it's, it's really hard. It's hard to win. It is. It's tough, and those those rebuilds are a whole lot of heartache. As the uh, Chicago Blackhawks, now granted they went through a nice dynasty, but it took them some lean years to get to the years of Patrick Kane, Jonathan Taves, Duncan Keith. Uh, that was not a. Uh, I mean, there were some lean years there at the United Center and Chicago Stadium, and so same on and so forth. Same with the Pittsburgh Penguins, yep. and you know, I mean, there's uh, there's one team that wins it every year, and the other ones are, are shaking their head. You know, thinking they're close and maybe they're not. And um, anyway, it's um, it's 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 hard hard to win. To the text line six four six eight six from John. It says he was at the game tonight, live from XL Energy Center, part of the eighteen thousand two hundred and fifty four. And he says he felt like the Wild had some open shots, but chose to make another pass. What happened to shoot at the net and look for that possible rebound? Are they getting too fancy again, Patrick? Well. I, you know what I noticed the most was was missing the net, and when you miss the net, um, it, it it becomes a broken play, and and you know you 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 don't, and then and then that keeps you know when you miss the net, and then it goes out of the zone. You have to you know regroup and restart over, and you know it just it just made it really really difficult, and at critical times where you know you you're trying to get bodies in front of the net, you're trying to you know, get the puck on net, and you don't do it, and um, it just, you know, it, it's gonna, you're, you're not gonna score, and and that makes it really, really, really hard, especially in a very tight game. Because, hey, listen, I I don't think Nashville um, was on fire tonight either. I think there were moments of the game that they were, um, the critical points of the game to start the third period, um, where they where they got the two quick goals. Uh, and there's another thing, Kevin. You come out in the third period, you got the lead, you got to play with some fire and, and, and make it tough. But no, they let them tie it up right away. That gives the other team some energy. 
and bam, they're down 2-1. Before tonight, the Wild 14-0-1 when they led after two, of course. Uh, now they get that uh, first loss in regulation. It goes to the Nashville Predators, and that one is a tough pill to swallow. Uh, from 651, Texter says, uh, tr- not trying to be outlandish here, but do you think Kirill Kaprizov is too nice, or is he not aggressive enough, or does he not need to be, or do other, need to pl- other players need to stand up for him even more? Why do players feel the need to go after Kirill Kaprizov? all the time, Patrick. Well, he's a superstar. He's the best wanna, player on the ice, usually. Him, and you want you always, you always want to get your uh, the uh, superstar on the other team off their game. And, uh, and you know, he can handle himself. But, you know, it, uh, you know I'm, I'm glad Bogosian uh, stood up for him tonight. I think that was the right, right thing to do, even though it did cause, you know, a, a, an extra penalty. But um, you, can't, you can't allow that to happen. You just yeah, you can't. Um, he's too good a player, and you can't let him get um, you can't let him get beat up like that. I was on my way to the locker room when this happened at the end of the second period, so I didn't see how it all transpired. I don't know how closely you saw it, but what happened to get him the uh, the instigator and lead to the extra penalty? Well, he I, I believe he got hit by from behind, and then was it um, Middleton and stepped in, or Bogosian, one of them. Uh, or maybe both of them at the, at the time, and uh, and they just came in, and you know the scuffle ensued, and and that was it. But he got hit from behind, and there was an initial call on Nashville on Smith, um, and then it uh, and then it turned out into being a five on five, and us losing um, two defensemen. Yeah, and um, you lost Bogosian for seventeen minutes. Liners. Not a good trade-off. No, not at all. Uh, again, Bogosian gone for 17 minutes. I, I, pr- I promise I'm going to you t- next, Denny, but uh, Uncle Mick from Lonsdale checks in and about him, uh, Zach Bogosian. Says he was a beast tonight, uh, but what he wants to see is Ryan Hartman back on the first line in between Kaprizov and Zuccarello. He wants Rossi moved down in the lineup, possibly to the second line. What do you think? I, it doesn't matter what I think, um, and it, it's hard for me to say, you know, put this guy, put these guys together. But, you know, I mean, listen, Hartman and Kaprizov and, and Zuccarello did have some success, obviously, we know, in the past. Um, you know, I, I don't know. that That's a that's purely a, a coaching decision. I think Rossi had a difficult time tonight playing in traffic because it, uh, it was a game that was mucky. And, um, and, you know, he, uh, he had a hard time tonight, I thought. And he's not, one thing I, I, I noticed about Rossi is he's not a driver of a line. And, you know, he needs to play with better players. And so maybe that's part of the reason he's with the, with the group he's with. Um, you know, but, uh, again, he's a rookie. So are you sitting down, Patrick? Yeah. Is your seatbelt fastened? I have double seatbelts on because I know what's coming. <laughs> Back to the phone lines we go. Dr. Super Show. Our good buddy, Denny. What's going on, Denny? Hi, guys. Uh-oh. Hi. Well, I have a lot to say about tonight's game. Okay. Number one, the line combinations. Uh, I just, I question what Hines is trying to do. What would you the like to see? The was non-existent. Okay. Well, I'd like to see uh, uh, Beckman and Walker up on the fourth line, number one. Have you seen Beckman and Walker? And why is Damon Hunt sitting in Iowa? Yeah. 
I think Damon Hunt in Iowa because they had to call up Lucini because of the uh, the um, injury to Dewar. I think that's the the main impetus why they don't have Hunt up here. I think they'd like to ride Hunt into the horizon, but I think it's a numbers game. I think is the reason why yeah. you're seeing Lucini instead of Hunt. Uh, but that said, what don't you like about the third line of right now? It's Hartman in between Maroon and Johansson. Yeah, well, it's not working. I mean, they were non-existent out there, really. They brought nothing to the table. This was a four-point game. Everything they did before this, the three wins means nothing now. Five games ago, I said that Wild had to go 16-4 and four in their next 20 to get to be hit the playoffs. Well, now they're 3-2. and two. And yeah, I expect us to beat Anaheim, but... You know, when you lose a four-point game, that's huge. That's a nail in the coffin right there. I wouldn't go that far. There's a lot of hockey left. I, I get that you're upset. I, I get that you're disappointed. And this one does stink. Believe me, it's a kick right below the belt loops. I, I get that. But it's not the end of the season. It's certainly not a nail in the coffin. Well, I looked at it differently. And last but not least, guys, uh, I was uh, asked by Hockey Wilderness to be a writer for their show. And I put you two down as references. So besides all the bad stuff, would you give me some good stuff too? Because uh, I think they're going to be talking to you. I've never seen you write. How do I know what kind of a writer? How can I be a reference for you to be a writer? I I have as good. A, I'll be your reference to be an astronaut. I I've, I've got the same working knowledge. Well, if you ever went on Lockdown Wild, you know I'm called Captain of Commons on Lockdown Wild. All right, for a reason. <laughs> I love you, Denny. You're awesome. <laughs> so, guys, uh, I hope I see you Saturday. I know you're you on Palm Tap, but uh, I hope I see you uh, Saturday, Kevin. You and, won't. Uh, <laughs> well, I can wish. <laughs> All right, Denny. Keep up the good work, guys. Have a good, good night, work. and uh, welcome to Hockey Day Minnesota Eve. All righty. That's our good buddy, Denny. What, what are you going to say if someone calls you for a reference for uh, Denny to be a writer there, Patrick? Uh, you know, I get, we we got to support Denny. Got to support yep. Denny. He's, he's been loyal. He calls uh, um, every show. So let, let's give Denny a little... Uh, a little boost. Of course. Love that, Denny. Can't get enough of them. And I, I know the callers echo that and the listeners echo that as well. Uh, you go up against the Nashville Predators, and one thing that uh, came to mind as I watched that hockey game is Gustav Nyquist, the one that got away. He was so good in a wild uniform at the end of last season. Um, I think because of the money and all that other good stuff, it didn't work out for him here in Minnesota. But how, how much would you have liked to have seen Gustav Nyquist stick around? He's such a smart player. Um, he doesn't make bad plays. He and he's very, very calm with the puck. Um, he's not going to woe you, but man, oh man, um, he's always in the right spots. He always makes the right passes. He never turns the puck over. It's um, it's really um, if you just key on him, you'll really be um, you'll come away impressed. As I look at the, I should have pulled this up while you were talking, the out-of-town scoreboard, because I want to see what's going Dallas on. Dallas was losing to Anaheim, weren't they? 
They, that game was 3-3 last I saw. I'm, pu- I'm pulling up the scoreboard as we speak, and I look at the Stars and Ducks. Stars end up winning in overtime. Looks like Harley, Thomas Harley, with the overtime winner as he helps the uh, Stars escape with the victory in Big D. So that's one game I was looking at. The other one was the Edmonton Oilers. They get a 15th consecutive win. Yes, they beat the lowly Chicago Blackhawks tonight in Edmonton, but that Oilers team, Pat, all of a sudden is rolling in a big way into the All-Star break. Uh, 15 wins in a row. Now, obviously, when you win 15, your goaltending is better. It's got to be, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, and they were, they were, I mean, you look in any publication, oh, yep, uh, this guy might go to Edmonton, that guy might go to Edmonton. They're going to make a deal for a goaltender. Well, I, you know, uh, how do you tell your team that we're going to make a deal when, when they're, uh, you know, when they're playing as well as they are? We'll see. It continues, but wow, what a run they've been on. And yet they do go and make a deal. They bring in Corey Perry, of all people. Now, I know he's not going to play on the first line. He's not going to play on the second line. He's going to be the quintessential agitator. What did you think about Corey Perry going to the Edmonton Oilers? Well, I tell you what, he doesn't skate um, as, you know, like he used to, obviously, but, um, you know, he reminds me of Pavelski to a certain degree where, I mean, his stick is, is phenomenal. And he can score from anywhere, and he can tip pucks. And, you know, he may score some big goals down down the road for him. Um, you know, if his head is on right, and, you know, I, I saw his press conference, and, um, you know, I, I don't know what happened. I don't know if anyone knows what happened. Uh, but, um, you know, he, he seems, at least he's, he's saying the right things. And so we'll see how... Um, how that plays out in Edmonton for him. I haven't talked to you since this news broke. I don't think this had happened during Beyond the Pond uh, last weekend, and we haven't talked since. But tonight it was Patrick Waugh's first game as the head coach of the New York Islanders in Montreal. The Canadians end up spoiling the homecoming. They beat the Islanders 4-3. But what did you think about Patrick Waugh reemerging from his hibernation after ditching the Colorado Avalanche some seven years ago? Now he's back behind the bench. And of all people, Patrick, he's working for Lou Lamarillo. Yeah, and, uh, you know, I think Lamarillo brought him in because he wanted um, a fire lit under his players. And uh, you you know Patrick Juan, how how intense he coaches, and um, he gets the attention of his players. And so, uh, you know, they, they needed a shot in the arm. And, and uh, you know, unfortunately for them, they, they lost tonight. And, and did you see the hit? By the way, I uh, did I, the Gallagher uh, one, right? You know that that you know repulsive. Gallagher should get ten games. Uh, you know. Oh my God! I would start at ten. Uh, you you, you yeah. might give it. That was egregious. I mean, that's the, yeah. you know as bad as the uh, Kane was and in throwing Brodine into the boards, which yeah. he got away with nothing. This one was vicious, ridiculous, and way out of bounds. I mean, you, yeah, ten games you should know, be the minimum. You know, I, I hate when players don't show respect to the game, and and that was a uh, and and, and it, what, what surprises me is Gallagher is a veteran and he's been around and he and he's played a long time and he's battled a lot of injuries. And for him to go out and, and throw that elbow um, to a, a, a player that they didn't even see it coming um, is really, it, you know, it gives it gives the game a, a, a black eye, and I don't, I, I hate seeing it. Awful stuff. It should be good stuff, though. See that for a segue coming up Saturday yep. on. 
not only Hockey Day Minnesota, but the return of Beyond the Pond. We're on the air from 10 until noon. I know you'll be out there in Sioux Falls, but we've got a loaded lineup. You want to know what's going on with this Minnesota Wild team? The general manager of the Minnesota Wild, Bill Guerin, is going to join us. We're going to have Jay Hardwick on, head coach for Warroad. Garrett Raboyne, head coach for Augustana, as he talks about you uh, opening up Midco Arena. And your buddy Paul Broughton, uh, to give us kind of a taste of Roseau. Yeah, it'll be uh, it'll be great to have Polly on. He, he's a great kid. Obviously, um, the third of the Broughton brothers, um, along with Neil and, and Aaron, and uh, and uh, you know it'll it'll be fun to talk about um, the rivalry between Roseau and Warroad. You know, he made a point uh, today to me, and he said, "You know, when I played, Warroad was terrible." So I'm like, "Hey, you know what?" <laughs> Let's talk about it. Yeah, let's, let's talk about it. Fan the so, flames, you know. Yeah, you got to fan the flames a little bit, right? And uh, so, no, it'll be it'll be good to have brats on, and uh, uh, yeah, well, well, a fun show. Have fun Friday. We'll talk to you Saturday. Have fun out there, Patrick. Thank you. Sounds, sounds good. Thanks, Kevin. That's Wild Fanline. He's Pat Micheletti. Brett Blakemore. Great job as always. Thanks for listening to another edition of Wild Fanline.